1: We just had the best night of the baseball offseason yet headlined by Juan Soto to the New York Yankees. Let's discuss on fantasy baseball today in five. Welcome into FBT in five on Thursday, December 7th. I am Frank Stample joined by Scott White and the big massive news. After weeks of hearing about it, Juan Soto has been traded to the New York Yankees along with Trent Grisham in exchange for... Pitchers Michael King, Drew Thorpe, Johnny Brito, Randy Vasquez, as well as backup catcher Kyle Higashioka. Scott, you have pointed this out multiple times on the full-length podcast. Juan Soto's numbers in San Diego and Petco Park have not been very good. The chances are they will be much better in Yankee Stadium.
2: Yeah, to put specifics on it, uh, Juan Soto a career 231 hitter with a 783 OPS in San Diego and, you know, this past year where he spent more time than ever in San Diego 240 with an 827 OPS doesn't sound like Juan Soto, right? Well, while he was hitting 240 240 with an 827 OPS at home, he was hitting 307 with a 1026 OPS on the road, which sounds a lot more like Juan Soto. And that's more the version I expect to see. At Yankee Stadium, you can't ask for a much better venue upgrade for a left-handed hitter than that. Going to Yankee Stadium, what StatCast ranks as the second best home run park for left-handed hitters. You got people dreaming up 50 homer scenarios for once, which I think is a little unrealistic. He's you know, kind of a ground ball hitter. Uh, And I think that'll prevent him from reaching quite that total. But he did just hit a career-high 35 home runs, even while playing half his games at a place he didn't like to hit. And so if he could do 35 as a Padre, I don't think 40 as a Yankee is uh, far-fetched for Juan Soto. But more than anything, I'm expecting him to return to that 300 batting average that was so, uh, so predictable, so bankable from year to year when Juan Soto was first starting out. Uh, so that's, that, I think, is enough to propel him back into the round one discussion. It's a deep class there, a deep hitter class uh, at the top of the draft. In my mind, there are 17 first-round caliber hitters. And so do you, take, do you take Juan Soto ahead of injury risks like Aaron Judge and Jordan Alvarez? Alvarez do you take him ahead of non-outfielders like Corey Seager, Matt Olson? Jose Ramirez, outfields being clearly the weakest position of fantasy, I think. I think those. that's what you need to ask now with Juan Soto, and I wouldn't blame anybody for taking him ahead of all those guys I just mentioned. I wouldn't blame anybody for taking him behind all those guys I just mentioned, but the point is, he's very much part of that mix now with this move to Yankee Stadium. Yeah, I, I think he pushes up
1: uh, ahead of that group. In my opinion, I think he's right there on par with Aaron Judge at the head of that group. I think I would still take Judge a hair ahead of uh, Juan Soto, but obviously should be really fun to watch in 2024. Uh, you can hear about the return, by the way, the package that the Padres got in return. I, I thought it was a pretty good one. We spoke about Michael King and Drew Thorpe at length on our uh, full-length emergency podcast, so make sure to check that out. Some other moves, Craig Kimbrell signed a one-year $13 million deal with the Baltimore Orioles. We know that Felix Bautista will miss this upcoming season as he recovers from Tommy John surgery, but uh, Craig Kimbrell I think he's still got it, Scott. I mean, a lot of the underlying numbers still good. Twenty-three saves. My guess is he, he kind of pushes up as like a top one hundred and fifty pick, like a you know somewhere like a top fifteen closer, yeah. something like that.
2: Yeah, I would say so. I'm, i I have him as one of my first fifteen relievers now. You know, more than anything, uh, he's been confirmed as the closer. General Manager Mike. Mike uh, Elias has already confirmed that Kimbrel signed to be the Orioles closer to bridge that gap while Felix Bautista is recovering from Tommy John surgery. And so when you have confirmation of that, particularly for a team that just won 100 games this past year, um, that's a very favorable scenario for a relief pitcher. Uh, a, a potential 35-plus save outcome here for Kimbrel with a lot of strikeouts because his stuff hasn't diminished now, there has been some up and down performance in recent years. He, he tends to lose his command, and things can turn pretty ugly when that happens. It's not unthinkable. He could slump his way out of the job at some point. But, you know, that's that's true for half the closers in the game. So I think targeting around 15th reliever makes sense.
1: Lastly, I did want to quickly touch on Jamer Candelario, who signed a three-year, $45 million deal with the Cincinnati Reds of all teams, right? I Ugh. love it for Jamer Candelario's value, obviously. It's a great hitter's ballpark yeah. for him to go to. It gives us another third baseman, a starting corner infielder. But the ripple effect, Scott, is that it might take away some playing time from a Christian Encarnacion Strand or a Spencer Steer or a Noel v. Marte. So how do you kind of see this working out for Cincinnati?
2: It's a headache. It was already a headache. I already had doubts about Spencer Steer, for instance. Jonathan India, (laughs) retaining, yeah, retaining a regular job with, with in my mind, more talented players breaking in, more talented hitters than Noel V. Marte, Christian Encarnacion, Strand, of course, Ellie De La Cruz, and Matt McLean, and now they got to make room for Jamer Candelario as well. So, yeah, great destination for Candelario. His career high in twenty two home runs uh, in home runs is twenty two, which he just hit, but he might approach thirty in Cincinnati. Uh, I think he moves up the rankings quite a bit. But I do worry about the playing time specifically for Jonathan India, Spencer Steer. who can play the outfield? So maybe he'll be okay. But it's, you know it, there's going to be a lot of changes from in the lineup from day to day, I would imagine. Uh Noel V. Marte could lose playing time, Christian Encarnacion Strand. What I guess we're hoping for now is that the, the Reds deal some of that infield excess for a pitcher, for a Dylan Cease or whoever else is on the market. But even in that scenario, those players aren't going to be playing in Cincinnati anymore. Is, is Spencer Steer going to be as big of a draw if he's not in Cincinnati anymore? I have my doubts. So, um yeah, this is... Unless unless uh, you're a big Jamer Candelario guy, this is mostly bad news in fantasy.
1: Yeah, I think Jonathan India for sure looks like he's on the outside looking in. There was a recent report that he could play first base or DH. That was before Candelario signed, so I just don't see that happening. My guess is India's probably moved for a starting pitcher at, at some point this offseason. For more extensive fantasy baseball coverage, listen to the Fantasy Baseball Today podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, the Odyssey app, or anywhere else podcasts are found. Thanks for listening to Fantasy Baseball Today in Five, and we'll be back again on Saturday. Bye bye.
2: Greetings, Fantasy Warriors. I'm Heath Cummings, your guide to fantasy dominance on FFT Dynasty. Join me this offseason where mock drafts become epic showdowns and every pick shapes your legacy.
0: If, If I was Adam with the team that he's built, Will Levis makes so much more sense.
2: And that's not all. We're peeling back the curtain on the future with our exclusive 2024 NFL Draft Prospect Profiles. Uncover hidden gems that'll elevate your roster to legendary status. After Cooper Cup, we really have no idea who's going to get the targets. Keaton Mitchell of East Carolina. Explosive speed is ridiculous. This isn't just a podcast. It's a playbook for champions. Subscribe to FFT Dynasty
0: now and together we'll conquer the fantasy football frontier. Your dynasty journey starts here.